Let us be attentive. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. Peace be to you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure nard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but, ra- but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used it to take what was put into it. Jesus said, Let her alone. Let her keep it for the day of my burial. 
the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, he, they came not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus also to death, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, a great crowd who had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand this at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that this had been written of him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a boy once sitting down on a park bench with one hand resting upon an open Bible. He was loudly exclaiming his praise to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, he was shouting, God is great. He joyfully yelled without worrying whatever anyone around him heard or even thought. Shortly after, along came a man who had recently completed some studies at the local university, feeling that he had been very educated and enlightened in the ways of truth and very eager to show this enlightenment. He asked the boy about the source of his joy, why had he had been so exuberant? Don't you have any idea what God is able to do? The boy said. I just read that God parted the Red Sea into two, led the whole people of Israel right through the middle of it. Now this enlightened man laughed kind of lightly at the boy, sat down next to him and began to try to 
open his eyes to the realities of what really happened in the Bible and the miracles therein. That can all be very easily explained away, he said. Modern scholarship has shown that the Red Sea in that area at that time was only 10 inches deep. It was no problem for the Israelites to wade across. The boy was kind of stumped and taken aback. His eyes wandered from the man back to the Bible that was laying open there in his lap. The man content that he had enlightened a poor, naive young person to the finer points of scientific insight turned away to go. Scarcely had he taken two steps when the boy began to rejoice and praise the louder than before. The man turned to ask the reason for this resumed rejoicing. Wow, explained the boy joyfully. God is greater than I thought. Not only did he lead the Hebrew people through the Red Sea, he topped it off by drowning the whole Egyptian army in ten inches of water. This is joy, my brothers and sisters in Christ. The joy of a boy experiencing the wondrous power of God and sharing it with the whole world around him. As someone has said, one filled with joy preaches without preaching. St. Cyprian, a wonderful third century convert to Christianity and then bishop of Carthage, wrote as he was about to go to his own martyrdom the following. It is a bad world, an incredibly bad world, but I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of this sinful life. They are despised, they are persecuted, but they have no anxiety. They are masters of their souls and of their emotions. They have overcome this world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. In another story, we find a man far away from his homeland, chained in a prison under careful watch by guards waiting for his death sentence. Within those dreary and hopeless confines, he writes a letter, and he says to our bewilderment, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Really? Who is this mysterious person? Who is writing about joy while bound in chains and behind bars? Who is overjoyed while being tortured? Who is this that joyfully awaits his execution? It is none other than the great apostle Paul himself writing to the church at Philippi, whose very words we just heard this morning. Here we have a man who is filled with Christ, 
a person who has this tremendous fruit of the Holy Spirit abiding within him, the blessed fruit called joy. Do you see how permanent his joy is? Do you see this joy of Christ that is abiding, remaining, and not fleeting? An eternal joy produced by the love of Christ dwelling in him, as opposed to brief, impermanent, false joys and pleasures that pass so quickly. The the book of Job tells us the rejoicing of the wicked is short, and the happiness of the godless is but for a moment. C.S. Lewis put it this way, Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and the pleasures of the flesh and ambition when infinite joy is offered and made available to us. We are far too easily pleased, he said. We are far too easily pleased with non-essential nonsensical, mediocre, paltry, counterfeit joys. Joys that enormously pale in comparison with the joy that Christ has offered us to receive from him. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may abide in you, said Jesus, and that your joy may be completely full. And King David praises God, saying, You, O Lord, have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grains and their wines and their oils abound. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ, we were created for joy, for we were created out of God's own joy. His joy to bring into existence beings that could participate and delight forever and eternally in the joy of the Holy Trinity. But we were created for true and authentic spiritual delights. As one person has written, man cannot live without joy. Therefore, when he is deprived of true, authentic, genuine spiritual joys, it is necessary that he become addicted to carnal pleasures. We can say that finding the kingdom of God is, of course, true joy, as Christ says. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Confession and repentance and forgiveness offered to us is true joy, as Christ himself says. I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Joy is, of course, discovering the way of Christ. When the shepherds saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Joy is following in the footsteps of our sweet master, and being ridiculed and reviled for his name's sake and for the sake of the truth and purity 
and the holiness of his gospel teachings. Rejoice in that day, he says, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so were the prophets persecuted before you. Joy is obeying Christ and his life-protecting commandments. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Genuine, fulfilling, and unspeakable joy is personally encountering the person of Christ. For behold, said Elizabeth to Mary, when the voice of her greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Joy is prayer and meditating on the sweet name of Jesus as a holy man once relayed to us. When the person who has the divine name of Christ etched on his heart and he hears Jesus' name, he is filled with such reverence that it penetrates into his soul. After this divine reverence, a sweet joy enters his mind, for he hears the name of Jesus as if it were some intimate, beloved friend's name. On account of this joy, tears run from his eyes. Because of the Jesus prayer, his heart leaps within him, making merry and dancing. The soul rejoices in the joy of its Lord. Joy, my brothers and sisters, is welcoming Jesus not only into the ancient city of Jerusalem as the crowds sang the Hosanna with great joy, but welcoming him, inviting him into our hearts and into our lives, crying out to him, Rejoice, O Lord and Master of my life. Joy is not only seeing him humbly seated on a donkey, but humbly seating him as king on the throne of our heart. Finally, joy is the eager expectation of the bridegroom bursting forth from the tomb as the conqueror of death, encountering the risen Lord's sweet words of delight and embracing and washing his immaculate feet with warm tears. And behold, we read in the gospel, After his rising from the dead, Jesus met the women, and he said to them, Rejoice. And they came up, they took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. Let us also, brothers and sisters in Christ, worship him. Amen.